Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jesse HS with the Heart God Media Podcast, and it is Halloween, finally. 2017 Halloween edition of the Heart God Media Podcast. Today is a Tuesday, and I am off the work grind enjoying this lovely, fabulous, delightful holiday. By myself right now, the uh, the uh, significant other, the beloved immortal, uh, my girlfriend, uh, will be getting off uh, her workforce uh, time. I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Get, she's going to get out of work in two hours. I was trying to find a clever way to fucking say she was getting out of work in two hours. But yeah, I had to, uh, I had to switch it right to the turntable, so... Because uh, for whatever reason, the fucking internet's not working. Fucking Spectrum Time Warner is dog shit. If you can not get it, if you can avoid getting their services, please do. Because uh, it's all bullshit. It's all overpriced. So I had to go directly to the turntable and throw on Michael Jackson's Thriller. Um, which I'm, I'm not mad at because it sounds amazing on vinyl still all these years later. And it's kind of weird that... Someone as huge as Michael Jackson recorded a song like Thriller. I mean, it is 100% a pop song, but it's still, like, such a staple for, like, the, you know, horror Halloween, like, time. It's the Halloween community, or the Halloween community, horror community, and, like, the Halloween season, October. Like, it's just, it's such a perfect fucking song, and it's weird that the biggest pop star of all time had made this and you know you have rick baker who did the effects on the thriller music video and all those awesome effects for a pop star and john landis who directed it it's kind of really it's really cool actually it's kind of something i think people don't realize like the biggest pop star in the world had like one of the you know the first like full like small feature like full budgeted like horror music video which is amazing not that there's been many past that but i digress uh but yeah i just want to kind of want to touch touch base with uh the small following that we have to wish everyone a happy halloween and uh speaking of halloween i think i'm actually gonna watch the 1978 john carpenter masterpiece halloween um because halloween that whole franchise has kind of been not my absolute favorite horror franchise um the first two films are great the third one season of the witch i love that i love that whole idea that concept i love that it was going to be a spinoff it wasn't going to be just about michael myers and then obviously what was it seven six five what was i don't even know a few years later uh you know they return the return of michael myers um and I do like four and five. Six is and eh, producer's cuts okay. Uh and H2O I think is the actually the second best in the series behind the original. But yeah, I think I'm gonna throw that on uh this afternoon slash evening and watch that. I think I'm gonna I still have to knock out Night of the Demons, which I was just listening 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 to the uh Witchfinger podcast, uh, which is uh, three Canadian gals that do that, and uh, that's a really entertaining podcast. I got into that a few months ago, and they have really cool episodes up. They did like uh, Hellraiser three, where they you know, kind of go through the whole film, and they recently did the Lost Boys, which Lost Boys is one of my favorite films, so it was really cool to hear that. And they just did Night of the Demons, which uh, you know a few weeks ago, uh, myself and. Uh, BT were talking about Night of the Demons because we were discovering discussing uh, 
Kevin Tenney, Kevin S. Tenney's uh, career uh, in the films that we've seen and like of his. So we uh, focused a lot on Out of the Demons because it's such a such a great film and it's a staple for the Halloween season watching that. So definitely want to watch that. And another one, uh, I did watch Pet Cemetery yesterday. It does, you know, take place in the fall in Maine. But there is the sequel, which I'm a huge fan of. And I know people like to shit on it, but maybe it's just nostalgia for me. I enjoy it. The Ramones are on the soundtrack. Al Seven's on the soundtrack. Drama Rama's on the soundtrack. Lullabox is on the soundtrack. It's got a fucking awesome soundtrack. Uh, you can't actually find the CD, cassette, or vinyl anywhere. I'm not even sure if they made a vinyl for it, but um, I love the soundtrack, and I love still listening to all the tracks that I heard in that at a young age and kind of just discovered different kinds of music at a young age. And uh, it's such a fun film. It's cool to see teenagers take on, you know, the the tasks, the responsibilities of dealing with burying things in a pet cemetery where things come back to life. Uh, so... I always enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, And uh, news that kind of, I think, just dropped this morning was um, they had found, they have found the directors for uh, the Pet Cemetery remake, which, you know, uh, they're full on board for now, Paramount is. Um, They were hoping it was going to be the gentleman who did the It remake, Um, but it's not. It's going to be Kevin Kalash and Dennis Widmeyer who did uh, Starry Eyes. is the only film I think I'm familiar with by them. Um, but something I did want to get into, and I know it's like a huge, super, like, it's a big, like, popular topic in the horror or Halloween or anything. I mean, everybody's into it, like, uh, but Stranger Things. Um, just uh, finished the first, or the second season, and uh, just actually, when I woke up this morning, I rewatched it, because the second episode takes place on Halloween, it just seemed fitting, and it was a, a lot, of, oh my god, the second season ended up being better than the first, I think. You had, you know, different, you had, uh, different characters introduced this season uh you know kind of bigger bigger scheme like of what's going on bigger consequences like greater threats um sean astin was in there uh which was a a lot of fun to see him and a goonies reference uh naturally uh so this season was amazing the second season and they're marketing it as like a sequel they're calling it stranger things 2 uh but it's a series you know it's a season of episodes so uh, that's cool that they're doing that it's the duffer brothers i really can't say enough good about because they're just they're just knocking it out of the park and i think i'm gonna get into the stranger things talk uh soon uh just because it's so fun and I only spent a few years in the 80s that I'm not really fully aware of, but my parents' house literally, I think it just stunk and, like, reeked of the 80s until, like, the late 90s, early 2000s before they started upgrading things. You know, we had all those, like, odd-colored furniture and weird, like, plaid designs and, like, orange brown carpets all that shit that came in the late 70s early 80s so and a lot of my childhood revolved around watching 80s movies so uh i am definitely uh a product of that time period just because it was so relevant to my surroundings at the time um but yeah i mean obviously i'm almost 30 
Uh, so, you know, when you get to this age, you know, Halloween, you kind of, I feel like I got to fight every year to get that spirit going. Uh, unfortunately, just because like you're not a kid anymore and you have, you have the grown up responsibilities and you can't just like think about Halloween when you're at school or in this case, when you're, you know, at your, your job or you're at work or, or what have you. Uh, I feel like when you went to school the whole month of October, you're just like, what movie am I going to watch? Like, what am I being for Halloween? Like, there's cool Halloween candy. Like, I came home, my mom had, like, cookies, like, Halloween, like, fucking ghost and black cat fucking cookies and shit made. So it was always, like, a huge, like, uh, thing, which was always fun. Um, but now I try to, I try to keep the spirit alive as much and as long as I possibly can. Because uh, it just reminds me of such a good time. You know, you get home from school, like when you were a kid, you rake leaves up, you put on your, your you know, your Jason mask and you you kill the neighborhood kids, you know, fakely, fake kill them in a pile of leaves and it was just fun. Those are fun times. It's so fun to like reminisce of those times and uh, and yeah, it's a... Uh, it's just been a blast every year to try to recreate those childhood feelings of, you know, Halloween and, you know, and, uh, I guess kids, I guess kids do still dress up, uh, which I was kind of unaware of. I didn't think that kids still dressed up, but I guess they do. Um, but you can't, you know, you can't nowadays, you can't like, can't roll up any kind of weapon or anything like that so it kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit if you ask me but something that is really fun is uh watching keeping you know these movies i mean myself my friends the people you've heard on this podcast we constantly listen or or uh, watch horror movies constantly so in a sense every day is halloween but uh it's fun to you know save certain films for for the year uh for this time of the year um where you don't really watch it all until you know october hits and uh you know the older you get the harder it is to carve out you know time to watch 20 films that you think you have to watch like a certain time of the month but uh done pretty good knocked out a few films that i really wanted to watch and like i said i'm gonna watch a halloween and uh and uh night of the demons i watched pet cemetery yesterday and gonna watch uh pet cemetery 2 today as well so it's gonna be a lot of fun and these movies just uh and you know there's a sense of watching these films now that uh you know last uh Last July, my uh, my father passed away uh, quite suddenly. Uh, you know, pretty much found out he was sick in April, and then he ended up passing away like less than less than six weeks later. Uh, it was really sudden, and it was really uh, it was some of the worst. It's the it is the worst shit I've had to deal with because I was uh, there was no one I was closer with than my father. But he was such a staple in you know introducing me to so many of these horror films. Um, and the Halloween season is another season that kind of sticks out in my mind for like a time where it was like fun to you know watch a movie or even like really young memories of going trick or treating and remember him like just driving us around because we you couldn't walk around we didn't live in the suburbs we lived in the like rural outskirts of uh the town that we were in 
So, you know, he had to drive us, uh, had to drive us, like, around to each, uh, to each, like, house to trick-or-treat and stuff. So, vivid memories of, you know, uh, getting in his, uh, black Ford Bronco and, you know, stopping at all these places, all these, uh, houses and these older, you know, older couples and stuff handing out full-size Halloween, you know, or full-size candy bars and things like that. So a lot of the memories and good feelings I have about the season are, are linked back to my father. And I think, uh, you know, once you lose a parent, once you lose someone really close to you, uh, you know, those things you're constantly reminded of. And I've always said, not to get like super, uh, not to get super deep on you or anything, but you know, you think that yeah, it's going to get easier, but it actually, uh, it seemed to get a little harder just to kind of realize, you know, over a year's past, you know, you're, you're a year and a half now. And you're never going to have those experiences of watching certain films with that person or just talking to them or calling them up and telling them stuff. Uh, but I try to keep the his memory alive by watching, you know, movies that remind me of that time and, uh, you know, try to be as selfless as I possibly could can or can be because he was. Uh, which is unfortunate because I wish there was, like, last year we got one set of trick-or-treaters, which were my... Um, girlfriend's uh niece and nephew uh so we didn't even get a lot of trick-or-treaters so i'm like just i was getting pumped like hoping we we're gonna get some trick-or-treaters hand out like a bunch of candy um and there wasn't any and it was kind of a bummer so hopefully i hope we get just one trick-or-treater because i'm gonna fucking we had so much candy here from the party that we had saturday i'm just gonna dump so much fucking candy in their fucking basket and just make their fucking night and hopefully it's like a, a fat eight-year-old kid so it reminds me of myself when i was eight um but yeah uh it's uh it's so much fun having halloween parties too and like i've tried the last few years i've tried to keep with the halloween parties like i said my father passing away last year i had uh up until last halloween uh, the Halloween parties that I'd always thrown had always kind of been at his, my parents' house, which is on the outskirts of a small town called Canastota. Um, so they lived out in the, you know, kind of the boons. So, you know, you could crank music, you can fucking yell, scream, holler, have a hoot and a holler of a time. And, uh, and yeah, it was always, uh, it's always a lot of fun. And he always, like, helped set up and, like, no. Uh, you know, I, I'm affectionately known by everyone in my family as Bud. That was, you know, Jesse's just, uh, I, I got told when I was younger that, you know, my legal name is Jesse, but I got told at a young age, like, no, nah, Bud, or Jesse's your school name because everyone calls me Bud. And there's actually a funny story about uh, a birthday party that I had. My aunt, uh, Rosie, who was my mother's sister, came over and the cake said, Happy birthday, Jesse. And she said, who the fuck is Jesse? And it got a lot of laughs because uh, she didn't know me as Jesse. She knew, she thought my name was Bud because everyone calls me Bud. My, I don't think my father or my mother or anybody's ever called me Jesse. Jesse is my birth name. It's on my birth certificate. It's on all my legal documentations of being a human in the United States. But I'm affectionately known to my sister, 
you know, my mother, I was to my father, my aunts, uh, all the shitty uncles that I have, because I don't have any good uncles, they're all pieces of shit, um, but, uh, they're, uh, always known as Bud, all my cousins, known as Bud, so, uh, but anyway, it was always, uh, fun hearing him say, you know, trying to tie up, like, a part of this, like, half-ass tent to, in case it rained, like, Bud, you're fucking doing it wrong. And I fucking teach you anything? Just trying to bust my chops, as he always did. Uh, uh, so, you know, and I do have uh, I do have a lot of great memories. That last Halloween party of 2015 that I had over there, he kind of helped set everything up. And it was a good uh, last, uh, like, Halloween memory I have of him. And uh, I actually got a picture with him and made him put on a werewolf mask. He wasn't much for dressing up, but he did, uh, he did get into the spirit a little bit. I think he more enjoyed seeing his kids, even when his kids were in their late 20s, <laughs> uh, you know, enjoy the, the holiday and just kind of see and pick on all my friends that he loved uh picking on growing up too um but yeah halloween uh it is like it is has a family orientation you know your kids dress up you take pictures and i'm an avid uh supporter of not having kids at least for myself i just couldn't i couldn't do it you know bless bless your heart if you fucking if you can and you want kids more power to you i can't i ain't got it in me i'm too uh, i'm too much of a kid myself uh and i intend to stay that way for the rest of my days um but yeah halloween is such a and, and there's a lack of decorations like there was a place in eastwood i drove by and it was like decked out there was fucking like full-size monsters there was a vampire in a fucking coffin there was a fucking mummy in the tree there's fucking frankenstein at the fucking door there's fucking huge spiders there's fucking lights everywhere people that really put a lot of money and effort and time into fucking making their uh front lawn and whole house look super decorated almost more than you see halloween or uh christmas uh you know christmas decorations and stuff so that was really cool you don't see a lot of halloween decorations and I live in a, uh, you know, in a apartment, so I don't, I can't fucking just like fucking strand lights across the fucking top of it or whatever. Um, and luckily, there's only uh, one other person that lives in this uh, building. It's a nice little house, the Tipperary Hill area. If you want to come stalk me, but our inside's always decked out, and we got some ghosts sitting over here to my left. Uh, and we got our streamers up from the party still. There's still black and fucking orange and spiderweb balloons everywhere. And uh, honestly, we don't have to decorate much because our house, our compound looks uh, rather decorated all the time. Just because it's kind of uh, it's kind of the feng shui of the place. But uh, it's a. Uh, I'm glad that my girlfriend is a big uh, supporter of the Halloween season uh, most of the year round. Uh, it makes it more enjoyable for me that I don't have to worry about her not being into it or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I can't wait to dive into some movies this afternoon. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone has a, a nice, happy, safe Halloween. Uh, if you're doing anything fun, um... Yeah, have fun. Don't fucking if make sure you're giving out candy. If you're not, if no one's even if no one's, you don't think anybody's gonna come to your door. Have some fucking candy ready just in case. 
do not fucking do not be that person that fucking you, you know oh we ain't gonna get anybody and then you get someone you have nothing to fucking hand out or your lights off i'm gonna turn the light on and i'm gonna hope someone shows up because i'm gonna fucking dump so much fucking candy in their bowl they're not gonna know whether to go to, to shit or go blind so that's gonna be a lot of fun but i'm not gonna let you go just yet i'm just kind of i know it sounded like i was winding down but i'm not i'm not yet so um but i want to i know uh coming up in the month of november we are going to be doing uh the alien franchise with uh lou smith and bt and that's gonna be a lot of fun uh just because that's such a huge like franchise and there's so much to get into with each movie and likes and dislikes and you know uh the fucking story the plot you know there's so much to talk about with that so that's gonna be a lot of fun and i have part two of my ramones talk which will be covering 84 the from too tough to die into their until their last album adios amigos in 95 and beyond um you know tributes the hall of fame uh what you know the members did after that and unfortunately the demise of um joey and then dd and then johnny and then you know just a few years ago tommy so it's kind of uh it's a bummer there's no original ramones left but i i did meet marky at uh the new jersey horror con uh in september and he signed my end of the century vinyl and he was a pretty nice guy and i met richie he played a solo show in Syracuse a few years ago, and I got I bought his record, and he signed that. I wish I had my um, <laughs> wish I had my Halfway to Sanity record or my Too Tough to Die record for him to sign. Fortunately, I did not bring those, but Richie was obviously he was it, you know paid to see the show. Like he didn't charge anybody for autographs. He just immediately went to his like beeline to his merch table after he played uh, just slew of ramones hits a lot of his solo stuff and he he drummed on tracks and sung and then he got up and then he just sang and uh he put on a fucking awesome set and he's one of the most under underrated members of the ramones by far he brought like kind of like a a new style to them in 84 when he you know 80 late 83 and 84 when he joined and did the first record too tough to die um every record that he did kind of had his staple on it and you know obviously he wrote some uh wrote some great songs in there too uh you know somebody's put something in my drink is still i think one of my uh you know definitely in my um top 15 ramones tracks i'd have to say and a lot of the stuff that he played on are some of my favorite tracks of the 80s of the ramones and that era kind of gets shit on by you know tryhards and purists of the original uh you know the original three three ramones records because people started shitting on them and getting out of them once road to rune came in when there was you know some slower tracks like or, or some more like uh, you know two poppy joey type tracks they were saying you know like with don't come close and and the needles and pins cover and stuff like that and they thought kind of that those that was when the ramones lost their edge so people a lot of people revere the self-titled leave home and uh rocket to russia albums which are you know undeniably some of the best rock and roll records of all time and they formed what punk would you know truly become um but the 80s era is so like looked over sometimes when it shouldn't be there's so many great songs there's so many great records um and uh 
fucking, I can't wait to dive into that with Lou. That's going to be a blast, like a legit blast. We had so much fun recorded. Like, I think we were talked for like almost, almost 45 minutes before we even hit record on the first part of the Ramones episode. And then, you know, we had talked like for a while after that too, just battling on. And there's constantly dialogue between Lou and I about, uh, you know, he has a podcast now, uh, Capital City Smith. He does with his fiance, Hannah. And, uh, so we're constantly talking about movies and stuff like that, but we always, it always goes back to Ramones. That's our like main talking point. That's our main connection. And I have no, I have no issue or qualms about that. That is a uh, something I hold near and dear that we are both so passionate about that band. So that's going to be a really exciting episode um, because it's going to touch on you know our one of our favorite eras of the Ramones. Uh, you know the '80s and all the records that they had out then. Um. And then what else do we got? I was supposed to do a Tales from the Crypt episode. Brian C. Tyler, I thought, was a huge Tales from the Crypt fan because we had watched episodes together prior in the past. And he bailed, said he didn't know enough about it to speak on it. So apparently he's not a fucking fan. So if you see him or if you want to call him out, he is Brian the Reckless on Instagram. And you can call him out on Instagram and say he's a big puss for like lying and trying to convince me that he was a big fucking that he was a big tales from the crypt fan i was all excited to talk tales from the crypt they had like a lot of notes written down it's some of my favorite episodes written down and he bailed and he turned into a big puss and said no i'm not really big enough fan so maybe he can do the stranger things episode with us since uh, i know he's watched that so who knows maybe he might back out and say he's not a big enough fan that fuck uh i love him but fuck him uh he's the man but he's also a puss uh so and uh yeah what else we got going on i think those ones are the you know the ones that you're gonna hear (sighs) next honestly you're gonna hear um you're gonna hear the alien one hopefully soon and probably right before or after that the ramones episode but i am going to uh let you go now i'm gonna start winding it down but i will say this the sorry i got distracted uh i was listening to this uh score which is the pet cemetery score so dan clausen avid listener uh friend of mine shit talking pet cemetery now this motherfucker owns the pet cemetery blu-ray it had a lenticular cover like a 3d cover and uh it like went out of print and they wanted fucking god awful prices for it on ebay the motherfucker i offered him like i think i offered him like 20 or 25 or 30 bucks more than he even paid for the fucking blu-ray just for the slip cover just because i was something such a fan of the movie obviously it was my introduction to the ramon so i fucking love i love everything about pet cemetery i wanted this lenticular cover for my blu-ray copy or I didn't even have a Blu-ray copy at the time. I think I just had the DVD, but I wanted that, and I was just like, just give me the cover. I'll buy the, the slipcover off you, and then I'll just buy the DVD, the Blu-ray because it's only a few bucks. He refused to, and he kept it, the son of a bitch. And now he's on Twitter shit-talking Pet Cemetery, saying it's boring and overrated. Well, let me put it this way. Dan, I love you, but come on this podcast because I'm going to debate you. Because, one, you just recently watched The Dark Half, first time this year. You just recently watched Aliens, first time this year. You're a newbie, bro. Don't be coming at me with that shit. I know you think Nail Gun Massacre is the shit, but you can't be talking Pet Cemetery and think I'm not going to defend it. I must defend it. 
I will defend it. Don't you dare shit talk fucking Pet Cemetery. Come on this podcast. I know your ass ain't working most of the time. And come debate me. Because I want to hear your reasonings. Because, come on. I know you're into super, you're can, into cannibal movies and shit like that, but let's be real. Don't you ever shit talk Pet Cemetery? Come on here and debate me. I love you. You're my brother, but I'm gonna debate the fuck out of you, and I'm gonna call you out for owning movies that you don't fucking like. Uh, Andy doesn't like Lost Boys, so you get anybody listening to this, you can attack him at Dan Clawford. He's at Dan Clawford on Twitter, and I think he's at Dan. Clawford. I don't know why he says, Dan, why is your name Clawford on there? It should be Clawson. Your last name's Clawson with a C. But you're calling yourself Dan Clawford? What kind of hell, what kind of cam girl alias is that? I love you, but I'm calling your ass out, motherfucker. Come on this podcast and let's debate. Yes, his Instagram and Twitter name is Dan Clawford. That's D-A-N-C-L-A-U-F-O-R-D. Um, you can at him and pm him or dm him and call his ass out for talking shit on pet cemetery and talking shit on the lost boys so if you're hearing this right now you can attack him on twitter and instagram i fully back it and fully support it so uh with that said i had to get a call out in there's always got to be a call out so um i would like to uh I would like to ask you all to listen. Go to YouTube and listen to the score for Pet Cemetery. It's so fucking creepy and eerie, and it's uh, it's so much fun and it's so haunting shit, man. I tell you, it's really haunting shit. So if you want to check that out, feel more than free to. Um, but yeah, this has been another episode of the Hard Guy Media Podcast. Uh, it's been a lot, a lot of fun. So, hey, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HeartGuideMedia. Um, you know, if you have a Apple device, you can subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and five-star review. Um, tell me what you think. Tell me what you think you want to, you want to hear. Do you want to hear certain people that you've heard on the podcast come back and talk because they are, uh, big talkers like myself. That's why we start. That's why we start the um, the podcast anyway, right? But yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in. Another shorter episode. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time here on Halloween, but this is going to be, yes, our Halloween episode. So, and I know it was kind of, it was nonsensical ranting. That's kind of just what I do. So, but yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Heart Guide Media. Have a happy, happy Halloween. Mom's
Dracula and his son.